Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Amen. Turn me very quickly to my, I called this last week, my hinge scripture, because I believe that this is the point that everything else that I say has to hinge on. And that hinge scripture is Colossians chapter three, Colossians chapter three, beginning in verse 17, Colossians three and 17. As you're turning, let me say that our, our youth team, they are practicing for Easter Sunday. So you're going to hear them singing over there. All y'all sitting on that side over there, I apologize in advance. If you want to move over, there's some seats. There's a whole front row up here. There's a whole front row up here. If you want to move and get a, not be so distracted, you're welcome to move. Um, one day we're going to have an amazing, giant facility, and the youth can do whatever they want to do, and we're never going to hear them. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be awesome. Until that time, here we are. Amen. Here we are. So, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, when you have it, shout, I got it. And whatever ye do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's just have a quick word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for your word. I ask you right now to speak to our spirit, speak to our minds. Let us not only be hearers, but let us be doers also. And with the church shout amen. 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 And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's a hint scripture for me because I believe... Um, there, <clears throat> there is a principle in the Bible, okay? The principle in the Bible is this. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. That is a biblical principle. It is not speaking about Scripture. Let me say it again. The biblical principle is, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses... Let a thing be established that is not speaking, the Bible is not speaking of itself in a scriptural reference. That scripture is talking about someone who comes and, and says something or someone who makes a statement or there's maybe an evidence of a crime or maybe evidence of a moment. It's not talking about scripture because some people will say, well, if we don't see it in the scripture more than one time, it's, it's, it's got to be in the scripture at least twice for us to believe it. That's not what that scripture is talking about. If it's in there once, it's good enough. I didn't get a whole lot of amens there. That's fine. If it's in there once, it's good enough. However, God is so good and righteous and, and very clear that he gives us way more than one time. But for, for my hand scripture, uh, whatever you do in word and deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus. That hand scripture for me is what everything else hinges on, 
when it comes to biblical baptism. We, have, we, we are in agreement that you should be baptized. We talked about that last week. The Bible says that Jesus said in Mark 16. In Mark 16, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, those that believe and are baptized will be saved. Those that believe not are damned. I didn't say that. It's not my religion. It's not my doctrine. It's not my organization, not my denomination. Paul didn't say it. Peter didn't say it. Matthew didn't say it. Mark, Luke, John didn't say it. Jesus said that out of his own mouth, recorded that Jesus said, if you're baptized, you'll be saved, and if not, you'll be damned. I talked about assumptions last week. Many people assume that in that moment that Jesus is not speaking about baptism because he says those that believe and are baptized shall be saved, and those that believe not are damned because he did not say and are not baptized. Some people believe that he wasn't talking about baptism there. That's an assumption. Now, I'm assuming that he is. They're assuming that he isn't. We're both assuming, okay? All right? Is it okay if we assume a little bit here? Let's assume. I'm assuming that he is talking about baptism, and they're assuming that he isn't. Their assumption, okay, let's talk about my assumption first. I'll talk about mine. My assumption that he is talking about baptism doesn't harm me either way. If I do, I do. If I don't, it doesn't harm me either way. My assumption doesn't harm me because I'm going to get baptized. And even Jesus himself said, it behooves us to fulfill all righteousness, right? It, it, it behooves us just to do it all. So my assumption that he is talking about baptism, I'm baptized, I'm good either way. Your assumption that he's not talking about baptism leaves a gap that's too big for me to cross. Because your assumption that he isn't talking about baptism, you say, well, he's not talking about baptism there, and baptism is not necessary for salvation. You can, you can or can't, doesn't matter either way. And I've heard preachers of massive churches say out of their own mouths, it's neither here nor there. If you want to get baptized, you can. If you don't want to be baptized, it doesn't matter. I've heard great men who I think are super guys say that stuff, and it's not true. Not according to Jesus, because Jesus said, to me, if I was a pastor and I was preaching to many people, and it was my, and, and I took on that role and responsibility as pastor or leader or religious you know, person, and I'm speaking to you what you should do to be saved, it would, I could not sleep at night knowing that I didn't give you the full information. You know, I, just, I don't think that I would be able to read this Bible from beginning to end and say, it, you don't have to do it. It, it. it doesn't mean a thing, whether you do, whether you don't. That, that was back then. It's not for now. Jesus said, Jesus said, if they are baptized, they shall be saved. If they believe not, I'm assuming that if you believe not, you won't be baptized either. You shall be damned. That's, that's, that's strong, really hard words. When we see that word damned in the Bible, everybody gets, you know, it's like, it's really super black and white. You know, it's, there's no gray area there. It's really a delineate, you know, it's a line of delineation. There's, there's no way you can stand on either side. You have to stay on one side of it. So that's what Jesus said. Very, and, and, and if you know somebody who you love dearly that, you know, that died without being baptized, 
I'm, I'm not saying that they're burning in the devil's hell right now. Because I'm not God. Absolutely not. People have asked me many times, hey, now you get up there and you preach, and you got to be baptized, get baptized a certain way. What do you think about people that have died and didn't do that? We, we way over my pay grade right now. That's God's territory, not mine. I'm not putting my hands in eternity. Absolutely not. And any preacher that would put his hands in eternity, he's got an answer for that. I can't do that. I can't put my hands in eternity because God is a just God, and he, he, do, he does what he wants to do. And when I start putting people in hell or heaven, now I'm in trouble. I'm, I'm in trouble now because I've, I've taken that role of God. That's not my role. You're not going to find in the scripture anywhere where Jesus told us to do that. He said, go, go, go teach, go preach. And, and, and he even said, if you go to a city and you preach the word and they don't, and they don't receive it, just, just knock the dust off your feet and go to the next city. Don't worry about them. Don't condemn them. Don't tell them, y'all all going to hell in a handbasket. You just knock the dust off your feet and you go to the next city and you try again. Somebody somewhere is going to hear the word and be changed and renewed and have new life. But, but we can't, you know, people always want to get you into that conversation. Well, are you saying my grandma went to hell? No, I, I don't. Your grandma was awesome. You know, I, I, I'm not going to do that. I, that's not my job. I'm talking to the person that's living, that's looking me in the eye right now. If I was you, I'd be baptized. That's what I'm telling you. Because you alive and you can hear me. I can't do nothing by grandma. Amen. Is it good? Is, it, is that good? I don't, you know, you know how I roll. I, 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 we're just talking. Like we're talking, okay? There, there was a, 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 a scribe, a Pharisee, uh, a Sadducee, a priest in the, in, the, in, the, in the temple that came to Jesus in the book of John chapter 3. Let me read for you John 3 beginning in verse 1. And he, the Bible says he was a man of the Pharisees. His name was Nicodemus and he was a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. He came by night. He wanted nobody to see him. He said unto him, Rabbi, we know now, now, this is very important because this, this, this Pharisee is not trying to argue who Jesus is. He just wants his questions answered. He says, we know you are a teacher come from God. We know. We've talked about it. We know. You know, no matter what we say publicly, privately, we know. This is very powerful if you think about this. The Pharisees who really wound up killing Jesus. The Romans carried out what the Pharisees wanted, you know. He said, we know, now, what we say publicly in front of the people is for us to maintain control. But privately, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for nobody can do what you're doing unless they be from God. I mean, you can't fake what you're doing right now. So he says, he says, we know you're a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Watch verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Did you just follow that? See, we all want to start at verse 3. But you got to go back to verse 1 and 2 to really see what happened here. There was absolutely no question asked. 
You look at John 1. You look at John 1, and you show me the question mark. There is no question. Because Nicodemus didn't come to ask Jesus this question. Nicodemus came as a representative of the Pharisees to see who he was, what he was doing. But Jesus could see the question in Nicodemus' heart. Nicodemus shows up as a liaison for the Pharisees to figure Jesus out. But Jesus is answering the question that's burning in Nicodemus' soul. Inside Nicodemus, behind the man and behind the Pharisee, there's a soul begging for an answer. What do I, what do I have to do? And Jesus ain't hearing nothing Nicodemus is saying out loud. He's hearing what his soul is crying out on the inside. Nicodemus' soul is burning for an answer. What do I do? What's the next step for me? And he says, he answered him. He answered him and said, except the man be born again of the water, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Can't see it. Nicodemus is like, uh, okay. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? That's not a foolish question. If Jesus would have said what he said to the Pharisee to me, I probably would have had the same thought. Like, what? Be born again? I mean, we, we understand it now because we've heard it before. But think about Nicodemus that have never heard this phrase in his life. S sometimes as Christians, if we really want to read the word of God, we have to take away all of our Christianity and put ourselves in this moment where this guy, he don't know Christ. He ain't never heard of no Jesus Christ at Nazareth. He, he ain't never heard be born again. We, we live in a religious world whether we know it or not. To be born again to us is a simple thought process that we've all heard before. Nicodemus has never heard it. He goes, what do you mean? How can I be born again when I'm old? Can I enter again into my mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Somebody say water, spirit. Now first he said, unless a man be born again, he can't see it. And then he said, unless a man be born of water and spirit, he can't enter it. What's the difference between seeing and entering? I'll tell you what the difference is of seeing and entering. You ever watched a YouTube video on Disney World, and you saw it, you was like, I got to go to Disney World. Or you stood outside the park and you was listening to all the sounds, and watching the roller coaster. Brother Glenn Davidson, who was here a few weeks ago, explains it this way in his book, and was so powerful to me, because he talked about entering, and he talked about entering and, and, and seeing. And, and you see that, and it's so amazing, and you want to be a part of it. And it's exciting. And there's a lot of people that come to the church and they see, but they can't enter. They feel like, man, I, you know what? Something's so different about this church. Something's so different about what you guys are doing here. There's some, and, and, and you see the, the roller coasters and you, and you see the excitement, but you just can't step into it. There's, there's a gate there. You can stand at the Disney World gate all day long and poke your head through the bars and 
You might catch a glimpse of, Di of Mickey coming by. But until you enter the gate, you can't go in. He said you can see it, but you can't enter. How do I enter the kingdom of God? Through water and spirit. Water and spirit. Now many theologians have speculated that when he meant water, he meant the, the, the water that breaks when a woman is giving birth. But the connotation that he uses here is not, is not water from the birth canal or from the womb. It literally means water. Born again of water and spirit. Let me read for you this scripture and you will see why I believe the Lord chose water. And it's very biblically sound. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter 3 beginning in verse 20. 1 Peter 3 beginning in verse 20. When sometime, which sometime were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, he said just like this, just like this, even baptism doth also now save us. Woo. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Somebody say baptism is the answer of my conscience. Mm. Baptism is the answer. When you see it, you want to get in it. Baptism is the answer of a good conscience. It says, I baptism is the response of the soul. It's the question that Nicodemus is asking without asking. It's the question that only God can see. He's coming as a Pharisee, but Jesus sees the soul. <laughs> Sometimes people want to argue with you. Look past the argument and see the soul. There's a soul crying out. What must I do? What must I do? He says, be born again of the water and the spirit. He's responding to Nicodemus's cry because baptism is the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. I can't wait to preach Sunday. I'm fired up. You know why? Because this is where our, our salvation lies. This is the crux of the message. This is where the man and the soul connect. My soul's crying out, but my man gets in that water. And when the man gets in the water, the soul and the man connect. The flesh submits to what the spirit is crying for. The flesh submits to what the soul is answering for. The flesh answers the good conscience towards God. Baptism is the answer. Baptism is the answer. It is a physical thing. There ain't nothing holy about that water. It comes straight from Loganville water source. There ain't nothing purified about it. It's, it's probably 7.0 pH because that's the regulation of pH that every state in America has to provide. It's 7.0 pH, and they make it 7.0 through 
chlorine and fluoride and all that other stuff. So it probably got a lot of stuff in it that you don't need in your body. I know too much about water, by the way. There ain't nothing special about it. Not a thing. Not a thing. It'll drown you. Hold you down there too long. Can't breathe in it. You know why? Because you ain't supposed to stay in it. I don't want to preach my Sunday message. But it's not meant to stay in. The tomb was never meant to stay in. You just go down in it, but you come back out. You ain't. No. Woo! I, I don't. Oh, stop. Y'all getting ahead of me. I'm buried with him in baptism. I'm buried with him in baptism. It is the response of a good conscience towards God. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Whew. They weren't saying, hey, guys, what do we need to do? No, these guys were like, man, what shall we do? You know what's wild? Let me tell you what's wild. And, and I know that she probably don't mind me telling this. Let me tell you what's wild. It's for the last month. I've been studying baptism. I've been praying. I've been getting ready for baptism. Baptism in the air. I'm thinking baptism. I'm feeling bad. I'm reading bab I'm all kind of stuff. Sunday night, uh, Sister Paula Rothenberg. How many remember Sister Paula Rothenberg used to come here? She called me Sunday night. She said, Pastor Chavis, I don't know if you remember Vernus, but Vernus was at the church. She got the Holy Ghost several months ago, and I just gave her a Bible study on Jesus' name baptism, and she wants to get baptized ASAP. So I met Vernus. She's sitting right over there. I met Vernus here uh, Monday morning around 1030, and by 11 o'clock, Vernus was sitting in that water. She'd already been baptized, and the Holy Ghost met her in that tub right there, and she couldn't hardly get out of it. We, I don't know how long we prayed, Vernus. We prayed for a long time. The Spirit was moving. She was crying. She ended up laughing. We just sat in the, She just sat in the water and just enjoyed it. Wasn't none of y'all here, but Jesus was here. Because she wasn't responding to Truth Chapel. She wasn't responding to you. She wasn't responding to me. She was The soul was responding out of a good conscience. This is what I need to do. She wasn't responding to theology. She wasn't responding to denomination. She wasn't, I wish I could preach. She wasn't responding to organization. She was responding to a God that said, this is what you respond. This is what you do. Wasn't me, wasn't you, wasn't us. Wasn't the music, wasn't the preacher. By the time I talked to Vernon, she was already convinced she didn't need me. She didn't need me. Thank God. That's the response of a person that says, I don't need all of this. I just want to get to where Jesus is when you see it. And she left here Monday with a glow. She's still glowing. She had a glow about her. I said, Vernon, I said, you're glowing, Vernon. You're glowing. She said, I, she said, I feel good. I said, Vernon, how do you feel? The most common response I've ever received when I ask someone how they feel after they've been baptized, she said, clean. Listen, stop. Your genetic makeup knows. Deep down inside in the fiber of your DNA, you know when sin has been washed off of you. <coughs> And there wasn't no soap in that water, wasn't no shampoo, but there was something in there that Ajax can't get off, baby. And clean is not a response of an outer thing, 
but clean is a response of an inner thing. And the soul that responded is saying, I'm clean. Clean is real. You know, you get what you preach. The Spirit of God is moving all through this community right now. There's people sitting in their rooms right now. They don't know nothing about us. They don't know nothing about you, me, or nobody else. But God's talking to them, and their soul is responding. And they're saying, I don't know what I need to do. I just need to do something. I need to do something. Their, their soul is responding. The soul knows. The soul knows. The soul knows. Biblical baptism. Biblical baptism. I want to go a little bit of history for you here now. Because we know we need to be baptized. How many know you need to be baptized? If I ain't explained it to you by now, you, you got to see it. You need to be baptized. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. When you're getting in the water. It ain't about me. It ain't about denomination. It ain't about this church. Well, you got to be baptized to be a member of this church. Y'all all know that's wrong. Because half of y'all was members before y'all was ever baptized. You can't go here if you ain't baptized. That's not how this church rolls. That's not how we roll. That's not what we do here. No, sir. Because Jesus loved you before you was baptized, then we love you before you was baptized. Show sure enough. Yes, sir. It ain't that kind of, we don't roll like that. So it ain't about me. It ain't about the church. It ain't about denomination. It's about the Bible, biblical baptism. You know you need to be baptized. Now, we have to answer, the reason we have to answer this question is because we live in a society where there are many ways in the society, but only one way in the Bible, okay? Now, as I step into this moment, and I won't be much longer than what I've already been, because I'm going to say these few things, I'm going to step down. When I step into this moment, I need you to know I'm not talking about nobody right now. I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm just giving you historical fact, okay? And as I give you historical fact, I, I, I will not only just say it, but I'm going to show you where you can find it for yourself. Not something I made up, not something I'm, this is research, and I want you to hear what history has to say about it. Because in the Bible, there was only one way to be baptized. Not two, not three, not four. One way. You know you need to be baptized. Now, it's how. The question is not do you need it. The question is how do you do it? Because there is a way to be baptized. Last week I said that there were several things in the Bible that, you know, were, you know, here and there. And, you know, when Jesus did a lot of things differently, when he healed one blind guy, he just spoke to him. Blinded eyes be open, his eyes were open. He healed another blind guy, he spit on some mud, put it in his eye, his eyes were open. He touched another blind guy, he said, will you have your sight? I will. His eyes were open. He, he raised Lazarus from the dead. He stood out and said, Lazarus, come forth. He raised from the dead. He went into the room with the girl who was dead. He made everybody leave. He touched her. She rose up from the dead. There was a centurion's uh, uh, servant who was sick. Jesus said, I'm going to go touch him. He said, no, I, I understand authority. Just speak the word. He spoke a word, but he touched another sick man, and, and he got up. He did a lot of things differently. There's a, and I believe the reason that he did that is because if Jesus would have only spit on mud, and that was the way he opened people's eyes, we'd be spitting in mud right now. I'd have a little chalice of mud, and we'd be, I'd be up here spitting around, and that's how we do it. Or if, if it was Jesus took his right hand and lifted, 
everybody lay down the floor and lift your right hand. I'd lift your right hand, and we, we, we would make a religion out of it. But Jesus didn't heal the same way every time. Because he didn't want us to make some great image out of it and try, try to re, reproduce it like that. Baptism is not one of those things. There's five records of baptism in the Bible, and all five times they did it the same way. So that lets us know how blinded eyes are open a lot of different ways. Baptism's not a lot of different ways. How people got raised from the dead a lot of different ways and avenues. Baptism was not a lot of different avenues and ways. Are, are you following me right now? There's not many ways to be baptized. There's many ways to be healed. There were sometimes they laid hands on the sick and they recovered. There were sometimes they put oil on a rag, send it off, and when they put the rag on the sick person, poof, they were healed. Right? A lot of different ways. Baptism is not one of the variables because it is salvational. And when it is salvational, there is a formula. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with religion. I need you to see this. This is not about religion. This is not about denomination. Well, you believe this because you're Pentecostal. No, I believe this because it's in the Bible. It's not about my Pentecostalism. It's not about my apostolicism. Try to see past that for just a minute and look at the word of God and see what the Bible says. It's, I don't care if you call me a green toad. If, as long as I'm doing what the Bible said, do call me what you want to call me. We'll put anything on the sign out there. That's why, that's why this church is named Truth Chapel. And not the first this church. And not we the, we the Pentecostals of, or we the Baptists of. Or we the, we're not, it's just Truth Chapel because truth is where we take the stand at, biblical truth. That's what we're building the chapel on is truth. Now, if I get out of the truth, tell me. I won't debate you. I'll just show you. So, how are we baptized? In the Bible, every example that we have of baptism was either baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ or in the name of the Lord or in Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name. There's always a name. It was never Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That come from Matthew when Jesus told his disciples, and I read this last week where Jesus said, go ye into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. It was the name, not names of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It was name, one name. The name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son we know is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost. I'm coming back as a comforter. Jesus. I am a father. I am a son. I'm also a brother. But my name is Jesus. I mean, my name is Corton. Stop collaborating. Listen. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a father to Courtney, Sidney, and Isaac. I'm a husband to Amanda. I'm a brother to Brock and Kyle. But my name is Court. Those are my titles. But this is my name. He was father in the beginning. He was son in redemption. And now he's the Holy Ghost living in our hearts. His name is Jesus. He's always had a name. For the Father hath given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. That's not a New Testament scripture. That's a quotation of an Isaiah scripture. Isaiah said that. And they're quoting it in the New Testament. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. That's not a New Testament scripture. The New Testament is quoting Isaiah. 
because the Torah and the Old Testament is connecting with the New Testament because he is the first and he's the last. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John 1 and 1, John 1 and 14, and the word took on flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is his name. So how are we baptized? We're baptized in the name of Jesus, the way they were. The first instance of baptism we have, Acts chapter 2 and 38, when the men said, what do we do? They heard the, the message of Christ, and they were so moved. The response of the soul said, what do we do? The response of the soul cried out, said, what is the action that I take? What do I do next? I hear it. I feel it. I got to have it. What do I do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say water and spirit. Except a man be born again of water and spirit. He cannot enter the gate. Not me. I didn't make this up. This ain't no abracadabra could do. This is real Bible. Real Bible. Now, some history. I want to quote from you an excerpt from the Encyclopedia of Religion and Ethics, 1951. Uh, volume 2, page 384 and page 389, this is what it says. The formula that was used was, quote, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, or similar. There is no evidence of a triune formula used at the beginning. And this is a record from the 100s to the 200s after the death of Jesus Christ. Let me read for you a quote from Canny's Encyclopedia of Religion, page 53. You can take a picture of this, write it down, go home, research it for yourself. The early church baptized in the name, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Later, with the development of the Trinitarian doctrine, they were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Up until the 200s, the mid-200s, nobody, absolutely nobody, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Nobody had seen that. This is historical uh, writings and historical fact. Let me read from you from the Hastings Dictionary of the Bible. Hastings Dictionary of the Bible, circa 1898, volume 1, page 241. The original form of words was, in the name of Jesus Christ or the Lord Jesus, baptism is, baptism in the name, baptism in the name of the Trinity developed much later. At first, it was only in the name of Jesus, only in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read from you from the New Shaf Herzog Encyclopedia of Religious Knowledge, circa 1957, volume 1, page 435. The New Testament only knows baptism in the name of Jesus, practiced until the second and third century. The New Testament only knows baptism in the name of Jesus, and this was practiced until the second and third century. Let me read for you from the Britannica Encyclopedia, the 11th edition, volume uh, 3, page 365. Baptism in the name of the Lord was the normal formula of the New Testament. In the third century, baptism in the name of Christ was used more. Pope Stephen, in opposition to Cyprian, uh, declared it to be valid. 
that Jesus' name baptism was a valid, even one of the first popes of the Catholic Church declared that baptism in the name of Jesus was a valid baptism. Let me read for you this last one from uh, Otto Heick, who was a world-renowned historian of Christian thought, volume 1, page 53. At first, baptism was administered in the name of Jesus, but gradually changed to be practiced in the name of the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Over time, it was changed. Now, today, if I'm going to be baptized today, I do not want to be baptized in what it was changed to, historically fact of what it was changed to. I want to be baptized in what it was. And, and, and I'm not arguing, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything about anybody. What I'm telling you is this, is that today, if I was going to get baptized today, I would want to know, I don't want to be baptized in what it was changed to be. I want to be baptized in what it started out originally. Me and you both know that the Walmart brand of Coke is no good. I don't care, I don't care who you are. Coca-Cola Classic is where it's at. Okay? If I'm going to drink soda, if, if, if I'm going to drink it, give me the original. I, I, don't, I don't want what came after. Most of our world today are being baptized in what came after. Historically speaking, not, not my opinion. I didn't make this up. You, I, I gave you page and verse. You can go check it for yourself. Go do all the research you want to do. Up into the 200s. This is over 230 years after the death of Jesus Christ. Nobody no record of anybody baptizing in a triune God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They all baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ or in Jesus' name. It changed. Do not baptize me in what it was changed into. I want to be baptized in what it was originally. What they did is what I want to do. You know why? You know why? I'll tell you why. And, and I, I'm not going to talk too much more. I'm going to be done. I'll tell you why. My soul is too important. This ain't a car, this ain't a house, this ain't my husband, this ain't my wife, this ain't my kids. This is my soul. And, and, and eternity may hinge on this. The, the, the rest of forever may really hinge on this. And if it does, if it does, if it does, and I'm pretty biblically sure that it does, but I'm not here to denounce, I'm not here to degrade, I hope you feel my spirit in this lesson. I'm not here to try to prove anybody wrong. I'm not here to argue with anybody about anything. I don't care what your pastor said, what your preacher said, what your priest said, what your grandma said, what your grandpa said. That doesn't bother me at all. What does the Bible say is the only argument that I'll have for you. Okay? I will argue Bible and I will argue history, historical facts, and the Word of God. My soul is too important to, well, it may, not, it may matter, it may not. It, it may be, and it may not be. It, it's not that. It's too big for that. It's too big to guess. It's too big to willy-nilly just throw it out there. Well, you know what? My, my old church, they were really good people, and they loved God. And I'm not, I, I know they did. They're awesome. They're fantastic. They love you. I'm not saying. But it is possible to be right and wrong at the same time. Right in spirit and wrong indeed. 
right in word, but wrong in deed. Whatever you do in word and in deed, do in the name of Jesus Christ. And I know people that have it right in word, they just do it wrong in deed because of what they heard, what they learned over time. It was changed to this. And most of the known world did this for long, long periods of time until the resurgence of the apostolic movement. And people said, wait a minute. The Bible says in Jesus' name. And you know, people were stoned. People were murdered. People were cast out of family. People were, oh, you're crazy. But the whole time, they're literally looking at the Bible saying, no, look what the Bible says. And they say, no, 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 no. Forget the Bible. Look at what we said in our statement of faith in 1722. Well, your statement of faith in 1722 has no bearing on what it says in the Bible. No, here's where the church stands. I've heard so many people say this to me over, over my time of being a minister. Here's where the church stands. Who cares where the church stands? I've heard people in my own denomination tell me, here's where the church stands. I'm thinking, who cares where the church stands? Where does the Bible stand? Because if the church is standing on the Bible, I'm with it. But if we're standing over here, I can't get with it. I love you. I appreciate you. I shake your hand. I hug your neck. We'd be best friends. We could go play golf. We could hang out. I'll play golf with anybody. But if you're not on the word, I can't jive with it. I can't jive. It's not what they did. I want to do what they did. I want to have what they had. I want to say what they said because they were witnesses to the Savior. They didn't come 200 years later. They walked with him. They talked with him. They sat down and meet with him. He spoke mysteries to them. When, when Jesus died and went away, all of these men didn't start doing their own thing. They did what Jesus told them to do. And they all baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of sins. And so I want to do what they did. Now, in closing, Acts 19, beginning in verse 1. Acts 19, beginning in verse 1. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus, found certain disciples. Somebody said, good people. Had to be good. It the Bible would not call them disciples if they weren't good. Good people. He said to them, hey, have you guys received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said unto Paul, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. We didn't even heard about the Holy Ghost. We didn't even know it was really real. Paul doesn't, watch this. Paul doesn't go into protocol. He doesn't say, well, have you spoken in tongues? You know what you got? You got to do this. Got to do this. What, what we would do today, we'd go focus on protocol, wouldn't we? Well, I'll tell you what you got to do. You got to say this, got to say that. Paul said, no, 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 let me go back. Let me go back to the beginning. Paul said, unto what then were ye baptized? How was you baptized? And they said, oh, we were, we, we've been baptized. We've been baptized. Hey, I, I got baptized. We were baptized into John's baptism, which was a great baptism. It was the baptism of repentance. John baptized into repentance. John baptized into preparation. John was baptizing people saying this, prepare you the way of the Lord. John was baptizing people saying, get ready, he's coming. 
He's, he's telling people that he's baptizing, I'm, I'm, I'm washing you because the Messiah is coming. I'm preparing you. John came to preach and prepare the way of the Lord. And as John's baptizing, watch what it says. Then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto them, believe on him that's coming. That they should believe on him that's coming after him, that is, Christ Jesus. So, if you're in this room, and you were already baptized, if you were not baptized in the name of Christ Jesus, you have been baptized into a baptism of repentance because you repented of your sins and you went down in the water. Let me say this to you. And the Lord's helped me with this because I said, Lord, I don't want to tell people something that they don't need to hear. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be too lenient either. I want to be right with God and man. And sometimes it's impossible to be right with God and man. Sometimes you can only be right with man, can't be right with God. And sometimes you can only be right with God, can't be right with man. Because we don't always stand on the same line. But I said, God, I, I want to be able to speak to people in a way where I'm not shutting them down. I'm not saying, hey, what you did was wrong and, and, and everything. Because I know people that went to the water with their hearts right. People went to that water, their spirits, they were like, God, I got to get a hold of God. It was still a response. And they couldn't control what the leader, the pastor, the man of God said over them when they went down. These men were baptized. They, their baptism just wasn't complete because now we know the name, Christ Jesus. Watch what he does in verse 5. In verse 5, the Bible says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They didn't say, now wait a minute. John was a good fella. <laughs> and, and, and you're telling me John was wrong? You're telling me John was no good? You're telling me that John didn't know what he was talking about? Man, John was awesome. That's not what they did. When they heard the news, they said, we got to get baptized in Jesus' name. And they were, somebody say it with me, re-baptized. That's a good word around this church. I'm not saying nobody was wrong. I'm not saying it was, I, I, I'm telling you this, that if it was okay for them to be rebaptized, it is okay for you to be rebaptized. And nobody said, well, John was just fooling. John didn't know what he was doing. John wasn't right. John, no. When they heard this, they said, hey, let's get baptized. And watch what happened in verse 6. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And I got people to say, well, I don't want all that. Well, why not? They got it. I want what they got. I don't want what your denominations got. I don't want what your preachers got. I want what they got. I want what they got in the Word of God, in the Bible. Because heaven and earth, denominations and organizations shall pass away, but not one tittle of my Word shall pass. I want what the Word says. I want the Holy Ghost. I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you're in this room right now and you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you ought to thank God that somebody spoke the name of the Lord Jesus Christ over you. 
when they put you in the water. It wasn't denomination. It wasn't just what they wanted to do. It was the Word of God. It was biblical baptism. Biblical baptism. Stand with me. Stand with me. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.